in every book of the Bible. How many of you have done any reading since we studied together last? Anybody done any reading in the Word since we studied last? We've been seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible. What's the last book that we worked in? Hmm? Numbers. Correct. Very good. Very good. And tonight we're going on to the next one. So in the Bible, what, what comes after numbers? Deuteronomy, right? That's the next book of the Bible. And we're looking to see Jesus in all of the books of the Bible. So we saw him in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, right? Who can tell me something that happened in Numbers? I'll give you a hint. It was the book of divine discipline. How come? How come it was named the book of disciplines? Because it was people acting up, remember? And they needed a lot of discipline, amen? So the Lord had to keep telling them to line up, get it right, do right. There had to be many reminders of what good things God had done for them so that they would follow along, okay? Um, and they had trouble following along, didn't they? Who, who did these people belong to? These were God's people, right? But they had trouble following along with what God would have them to do, right? And so now they're out of, so they, 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 got out, they came out of Egypt, they went through the Red Sea, they went on the other side, um, they camped out at Mount Sinai, um, and then the Lord told them to go on into the promised land, and they thought it was going to be a cakewalk. And it wasn't a cakewalk, was it? And so, when, when, so then Moses, then they told Moses, well, well send some spies over there, and, and then we'll decide whether we're going or not. Was it, their, was it up to them to decide whether they were going to do what the Lord said? They thought it was. Right? So they sent spies and they came back. Twelve spies. And what did the spies say? Ten of them said, we can't do that. How many said, we will do it? Two. Who were they? One, Caleb and Joshua. They said, we're well able, didn't they? But the other ten said what? Uh-uh, no. We're not going. We're, we're dead giants and, and we're grasshoppers. And so what did the ten do? What, were the, what did the ten do? They persuaded the other people that we can't go. And they whipped them into a frenzy. What does that mean? Scared the wits out of them. They said, yeah, it's a good land, and it's got good food, and, and they brought back grapes and fruit and, and 
talked about the vegetation and, and the quality of the land and the soil, but we can't go because they're giants and we're grasshoppers. So the, so the masses said, well, then we ain't going. Right? Do y'all remember that? They said, we're not going. So, so then they decided they wouldn't go. So it was either go forward or do what? Go backwards. So what did they do? They went backwards. And was the Lord thrilled at them, their decision? He was not thrilled at their decision. And because of their decision, what did he say? You're going to be wandering out here since y'all want to be out here. Y'all going to be out Right, instead of a, right, it was 40, not days, years. Because the spies went in to see the good, uh, goodness of the promised land and they were gone 40 days. So when, so when they came back and the 10 whipped everybody into a frenzy and said, no, we can't go. And then the masses told Moses, we ain't going. So what you going to do? So then the Lord said, for every day that they were over there, seeing what an awesome thing I've created for you guys, then for every day they were over there, you're going to spend a year in the wilderness. In the wide open spaces, dry land, dry areas, desert areas, you're just going to be out here. And were they out there? They were out there. And he still took care of them. He still took care of them, even when they disobeyed. And that's an example of God's what? Gr love and grace. Why? Because grace, grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved. Right? So, so the greatest grace gift that God's ever given to us is who? Jesus. And so right there, we saw Jesus coming. Because it was a part of God's plan from when? In the beginning. Right? Very good. All right. So tonight, we're going on to the next book. Deuteronomy. Okay? It's still a part of the what? The Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. All right, we got students here tonight. Glory to God. Somebody says, yeah, I've been, I know what the Bible says. I'm a student of the word. Amen. Glory to God. And I want you to know that the word Deuteronomy means something. It means the message. It means what? It means the message, um, and it's for a reason, um, but I do want you also to know that the book of Deuteronomy um, is all about love and obedience for the Lord, okay? So, um, let's, let's first look at a couple of passages. We're going to be in the book a lot tonight. Is that all right? So, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Since last we studied, how many of you have used one of the other Bibles that's on your phone? 
Yes. I know you use the King James all the time. But I just want to know who's been venturing to use some of the other translations. Ain't it good? All right. Good, good, good. So are we in Deuteronomy chapter 11? Okay. And this is kind of like the theme verse for the entire book of Deuteronomy. And it says, 11 and 1, are you there? Okay, we're going to read it together. Verse, chapter 11, verse 1, ready, read. Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments. How long? Always. One more time. Let's read together. Ready, read. Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments. How long? Always. What are statutes? Hmm? Laws. It's not, okay, good. I just want to make sure everybody knows it's not a statute. Okay, it's the laws, keeping them always. Now let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Chapter 6. Are you there? Okay, chapter 6, verse 4. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Verse 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Who's ever heard that verse before? Now you know where it is. Did you mark it in your Bible? See, y'all got them fancy uh, electronic ones you can highlight. How many of you know how to highlight? Oh, I see purple highlight and pink. All right, yeah, all right, neon, yellow, glory to God. Okay, the theme of, of this book is love and obedience to the Lord. And Deuteronomy means the message. Who wrote Deuteronomy? You can't answer with a question. You can't say Moses? That's not the... have to answer, you know, with a declarative. Who wrote Deuteronomy? Thank you. Moses. Moses wrote Deuteronomy, okay? And it's a message, okay? And the good thing about the fact that it, that, that word means a message is that in this particular book, Moses delivers three messages. How many? Three, uh, they, they were, ser they, uh, uh, commentators call it sermons that went on for chapters and chapters and chapters. Okay, and, and he was writing this, uh, this particular book during the transition stage from the old generation to the new generation. Because now we're in the period of time where the, the Israelites decided they weren't going into the promised land and we ain't going, 
we just gonna hang out here in the wilderness. And the Lord said, okay, 40 years. So it's in that stage when he's writing. It's coming to, they're coming to the end of that period of time. And how long was that period of time? 40 years. So we're coming to the end of that 40 year period and, and the Lord instructed Moses to write and to give three messages to his people because there was about to be a transition. Because when they, when they refused to go into the promised land like they were supposed to, when they refused to do that, then they were in disobedience, right? And he said something was going to happen in that 40-year period of time. What's one thing he said that would happen during that 40-year period of time? He said folk were going to die. Everybody, the people who refused to go were going to die in the wilderness since they wanted to be there. They're going to be in the wilderness forever. <laughs> alive and not alive. They were going to be in the... So we're coming to the end of that period. And so in that course of time, what was... Younger people were being born. Younger people were growing up. Younger people were being raised up. Younger people were coming into adulthood. Okay? And so some of the last of the elder people were passing off the scene dying off, younger people were coming. The younger people were not in Egypt. They had not been in Egypt. So, so they weren't there for the exodus. They just been hearing about it all, all, every year of their life. Where were they hearing about it? Hmm? From their parents? Why? How were they hearing about it from their parents? Why, why were they hearing about it from their parents? Hmm? Their parents taught them the word, right? And where was the word primarily taught in that time? At home. They didn't have a big building like this to come to, sit down and be taught. So they learned at home. So, so they didn't know about the Exodus except what their parents taught them. And they'd heard it over and over and over again. Because there was an instruction to the elders, teach it to your children, right? Y'all remember that, okay? So, so now um, Moses is coming to the end of what? His what? He's coming to the end of what? His life. He's coming to the end of his life. Because was he a teenager when they started wandering in the wilderness? <laughs> no, he was not a teenager. So he's coming to the end of his life, even as the elders are coming to the end of their life. And he's trying to prepare the next generation to walk in obedience and love with the Lord. That they would have a love relationship with the Lord and that they would remember what he's done and want to be obedient. Say want to. Want to be obedient to, to the Lord. So. The book of Deuteronomy is three messages, three sermons that, that Moses delivered to the people on the love relationship they have with the Lord, on obedience to his word, to his instructions. Obedience to what word? Obedience to the law. What law? Whose law? 
God's law delivered through who? Moses. So, so he's instructing them to be obedient to, to that word, God's word delivered through Moses to the people. God's people. Are you getting this? Okay. So, um, and at the end of the book, Moses transitions. Okay? All right. So let's talk about the first message. Okay? Um, and the first message that Moses delivered is, runs from chapter 1 to almost the end of chapter 4. And this message primarily is about what God has done in the past. And it's instructive for us because we need sometimes to be reminded what God has done for us in the past. Has he already done some things for us? How are we waiting for some things to be done? And sometimes when we're waiting for things to be done, uh, we can get amnesia about what he's done in the past for us. Okay? And so that was Moses' first message. It's about what God had done in the past for his people. So, um, let me see. Go to chapter 2. Are you there? Okay. Chapter 2, verse 3. Um, and it says what? Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you what? Northward. Telling them what? Time for change. Okay? Time for change. So let's go back and let's go back to chapter 1. Because, because chapter 1 begins this whole uh, look, seeing what God has done for them in the past, re retelling the history, and giving some warnings. Okay, so let me see. Um, let's go on to verse 11. Are you there? Are you there? Chapter 1, verse 11. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as ye are and bless you as he hath promised you. What is this? This is a spoken blessing, isn't it? They've been cutting, but they've been cutting up. But God is still what? Blessing. God is still what? Faithful. God is still full of grace, isn't he? Okay. All right. Let's see. And so the rest of the chapter is talking about how they, um, how he sent the spies out and searched it out and all of that and how they acted, okay? Um, verse 26, are you there? It says what? One. Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. 27, and ye murmured in your tents. 
and said, Because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. All right, now, the Amorites are mentioned here, right? And I want you to understand that the Amorites were a part of the broad group labeled Canaanites because the land that was promised to Israel was called Canaan, okay? And at that time, Canaan was occupied by Canaanites, except the Canaanites were different groups of people. The Amorites were one of them. And they all had uh, little communities called cities. They were, they, they, we would think it was a tiny city now. You think it was like the size of Bahama or something. But to them, it was like, it was like you know, this is my city, and your city is Rougemont, and your city is Cary or whatever. Okay? And they thought that was big. And, and I got a vision of Well, I, I really got a, a clearer picture of it because one time we went on vacation, and we got to go see the, the, the remnants of the city of Ephesus. Who's ever heard of Ephesus? Okay, so we got to see the, the ruins of the city of Ephesus and some of the buildings that were built way, way, way back then are still standing. But, but it, it's in a small area. I mean, you know, these big marble, a big marble building here and another one there and another one about two blocks away and then this, that's it. And then around the corner is this big old stadium. And, and so I was thinking it was just went on for miles and miles and miles, but it didn't. And so in that time, all of these Canaanite groups, Amorites and Hivites and all these people, they had their own enclave, their own little city, um, and they built walls around them. They, they, they uh, had their own security teams, their own little armies to protect their own little territories. So now, it's time to think, okay? How did they get there? Where did they come from? They were, not, they were not the children of Israel. They were not God's chosen people. So how did they get there? Who, who were these people? Who were they? Where did they come from? Space? Where, who, who are these people? They were not Martians, so who, who were, where they had to get there? Hmm? They were descendants of... Hmm? <laughs> they were descendants of other people, right? Okay, so, so how, did, how did people get covered all over the world? How did that happen? Hmm? They had kids and all, yeah, people had kids and more kids and all that, okay? But, how, but, but, but where did those people come from? We're, the Bible is about God's people, right? All right, so were there people who were not God's people? Were there people on the earth who were not God's people at that time? Yes, okay? Where, where did they come from?
They didn't just, they didn't just, hmm? Thank you. They were descendants of Noah's family. Right? Because in the beginning, who was there? And before Noah and his family was Adam and Eve, right? And Noah, blah, 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 or whatever. The Lord wiped everybody out, started all over with Noah and his family. They got out the ark. And then what? And everybody started multiplying, right? And doing what? And, and spreading out. Correct? How, how long did that take? Like 25 years or something? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Correct? So while the Lord was, so, so people, families were being raised up. Tell me one person whose family was raised up after that. That became the family of God. Abraham. Right? Abraham, right? He, he, he just uh, developed a relationship with God, right? The Lord said, you and your people, my chosen people, right? So that meant everybody else was not the chosen people, but they were on earth, weren't they? Multiplying, being fruitful, developing, creating, procreating, correct? All right, so, so while the Bible history is going forward, the history of the rest of the world is going forward at the same time, okay? And so the Lord says, okay, this, 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 this promised land is yours, okay? But, but prior to them being ready enough to receive it, the Canaanites mo had already moved in that area. So when it was time for them to receive the, 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 the property, the Canaanites were there, setting up their own villages, setting up their little towns, setting up their little cities, putting little walls around their little city, around it, and, and, and having their little armies and stuff, and getting in fights with one another. Are you understanding? Are you understanding? Stuff was still going on, okay? While, while God's people were being developed into a nation, other people were developing their own nation. Because where did, the people, where did the people go after Noah and his sons? And his, where did they go? Where did they go, downtown? Where did they go? All over. All over what? The world. They went all over the world. So where's all over the world at? Everywhere. Everywhere. Okay, and so, and so all of this is happening at the same time. Are you understanding? Okay, so while the nation, while God's history is being developed with his people, other stuff was happening at the same time. Okay, continuously. So now God's people have been given Canaan land. So is it like, so, so there's other, there are other people groups in the way. I said in the way. And they have to, they have to reclaim the land. 
So now, so now, what do you know about the Canaanites? Huh? Number one, you know they weren't God's people. You know that, right? Say, all right, all right I got that. I know that. I know that, right? So, so, so if they were not God's people, who were the Canaanites? Give me an adjective. Any. What'd she say? What'd you say? Evil. That's a good one. What'd you say? Confused. Heathens. Yo, heathen. Come on, come on. Did not know God. And wicked. Let's use that one. Right? Because, I mean, if you don't know God, what are you? Evil, wicked, heathen. Demonic, twisted, just bad, okay? And so, and so Canaan is inhabited by these people. And yet while that's going on, in all of the world, was God still over the whole entire world? Yes. And the Bible says, the. The invisible things of God are clearly seen even by the unsaved, even by the unchurched. How are the invisible things of God clearly seen by the whole world? Because you didn't put the sun in the, in the sky, but it come up every day. Grass is growing up out of the ground and you didn't plant it. So even if you don't know God, you know somebody created this. Somebody's greater than we are. Somebody's bigger than we are. And so, even though they were not the chosen people, they were still on planet Earth. They were still loved by God. They were still having the opportunity to turn to him. But no. What, what, what were people doing in that time frame? Same thing they're doing now, worshiping other stuff. Making up gods, idols, worshiping the sun, the moon, the stars. People still doing that, aren't they? You didn't check your horoscope today, did you? Come on. No, not me, no. <laughs> Never have. I, I ain't no heathen. I ain't that kind of heathen. Studying, people studying the stars, all of those things, right? That's what was happening. But while that was happening, still, God was reaching for them. Reaching for them. And instead of reaching back, they just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So at that particular point in time, when the Lord said, Canaan is yours, but you got to get the Canaanites out, And the Israelites, but they're giants, and we, 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 we can't do it. In that time period, the Lord was wanting his people to go forth and be a light. Can you understand it? He was wanting them to go forth into that land to be a light. Suppose when the Lord told them, take the land, they had not said no. They said yes. Number one, they wouldn't have had to wait 40 years to get it. And number two, 
could he not have done the supernatural for them? Like he had already done. Did they have to fight their way out of Egypt? Did they have to fight their way out of slavery? No. What happened? The supernatural. The signs, the wonders, the miracles. All they had to do was put blood on the doorpost, shut the door, and be safe. So, in that period, could not God have done the supernatural and moved the Canaanites out and they could have just walked, waltzed in if they would have said yes? But did they say yes? They didn't say yes. They said, but we ain't doing that. Who he think he is? He brought us out here to kill us and die. But they didn't get that. So now, so now they have to, instead of just supernaturally receiving the promise, receiving the blessing, now they got to fight for it. Is that smart? Sometimes the Lord promises us stuff and we have to end up fighting for it, don't we? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. All right. So in this first message, Moses is reminding them of these things. And I wanted to, I wanted to add that piece in there for you to understand who, the, who were the Canaanites. Okay, and that while the history of God is going forward with his people, other stuff is happening. Because when the people got off the ark and they were sent here, there, and everywhere, all kind of nationalities developed, right? Wasn't it? People, people went and began to inhabit every continent on the face of the earth, and that took thousands of years, correct? All right. So, so I wanted you to understand that because while the history of God's people was going for, other people were on the planet too. All right? And all the while, God's trying to use his people to be a model and an example of who he is, what he's able to do. And all the while, he's still extending grace. Extending what? Grace to the whole world. To the whole world. That's amazing to me. Isn't that awesome? And when I, I was, when I was reading this and I saw that, I remembered learning uh, world history way back in the day. And, and, and they were talking about uh, uh, other people and all. And I'm like, yeah, but y'all ain't talking about the Bible. Y'all ain't saying about Abraham. Well, why y'all ain't saying that? Because they were talking about natural history. Okay? Not spiritual history. Not religious history, as they would call it. Amen? How many of you have ever heard the term, when you study history, the Fertile Crescent region of the world? Y'all heard that? See, you thought that was useless information. You were like, if I get out of the history class, Lord God, I just want to, just let me pass and be done with it. Okay? Okay. But did you know that the Fertile Crescent is the Middle East? And... That was part of the region and territory God promised to his people. And when you read in the word that the promised land was a goodly land, you read that, right? And it, it, was, it was productive, and they brought fruit back and, 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 and all vegetation so they could see that it's awesome 
It can, it can take care of our cattle and our land, and we can farm and do all these things. The Fertile Crescent is in the Middle East, and the Middle East was given to God's people. Are you getting this? So when I was studying that, and they were talking about the Fertile Crescent, and all, I'm like, yeah, but y'all ain't saying nothing about, y'all ain't talking about, you ain't talking about, you ain't saying nothing about, you ain't saying, where's Adam in all this y'all talking about? And, they, and I finally figured out, they was like, we ain't talking about that. We just talking about the natural stuff. Because we natural people. But we're spiritual people. Amen? So does that help anybody? All right. So the first message um, that Moses delivered in this book of Deuteronomy was about what God had done in the past and their history and warning them one more time to line up in their relationship with the Lord. Okay? Now, let's go to um, chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Are you there? Let me get there. 4 and... I'm sorry, verse chapter 5. Are you there? Chapter 5 and 1. Because we're in the second part of the second message, excuse me, Moses' second message. And this message was what, what God expects, he, what he was expecting of his people at that present time. And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them and keep and do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb, meaning one of the mountain regions. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us, who are all, uh, all of us here alive this day. Verse 4, the Lord talked with you face to face in the mount out of the midst of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time. Who's this speaking? Moses. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to show you the word of the Lord, for ye were afraid by reason of the fire and went not up into the mount. So they were what? Scared because the Lord was talking to them out of the fire. Okay? saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods before me. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Verse 11, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. What does this sound like? The Ten Commandments. And if we continued reading, in this chapter, you would hear all the rest of the Ten Commandments. Why is Moses reciting the Ten Commandments to them all over again? 
Because they didn't get it. Because he's delivering the message to them yet again. Okay? And so, for the next 22 chapters in this book is the rest of this sermon. How about that? That was a long message, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a long message. Did they need to hear it? Yes. yes. They needed to hear it. <laughs> because the Lord was instructing Moses, this is your last opportunity to communicate this and to have it written. Because he didn't just speak it, it was what? It was written down. And that's how we have it. Today it became a part of the Pentateuch, right? Okay. So he goes on for how long? To chapter 26. Somebody said, Phew. All right. I will tell you he didn't do it all in one day. How about that? They didn't have three services that day. <laughs> they did not have three services that day. Okay. Um, but they did have three messages. The first one was what God had done in the past. This one was what God expects in the present and a review of the laws of God. And then the third message starts in chapter 27. Are you there? Are you in chapter 27? Am I in chapter 27? <laughs> all right. And from chapter 27 all the way to the end, he's talking about what God will do in the future. Okay? Let's look at one of our favorite passages before we go tonight. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Are you there? Chapter 28 is the chapter of blessing. Okay, it's also the chapter of curses. Let's talk about the blessing tonight, all right? And then we'll do something else next time because we're about out of time. But let's talk about how the obedience brings the blessing. Obedience brings what? Obedience to God out of a love relationship with him brings the blessing. So oh, 28 chapter one, 28 verse one, and it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Verse 2, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Okay? Verse 3, let's read together. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Verse 4, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thine kind, and the flock of thy sheep. Stop. What is kind? K-I-N-E. Mm-mm. 
It's the increase of, it says, and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of thy kind also means cattle, livestock. Okay? What did we say last week? You come to one of them words in the Bible and you're like, I don't know what that is. Well, try to find out what it is, okay? All right. So, verse 5. Ready, read. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Who's heard this before? Verse 6. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Verse 7. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. Verse 8. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Let's stop there. Isn't that good? Awesome. All right. We'll go on further uh, next time. But the third, third message, the, the last part of this message is where Moses ordains Joshua as the next leader. And uh, the death of Moses occurs. And Moses is called to the mountain again because the Lord said it's time to go. And the, and the Bible says that the Lord buried Moses himself. And when the people went to, up the mountain, when Moses didn't come back and they went up to look for him, they could not find him. They could not find the grave. They could not find a sepulcher. They could find nothing. Because the Lord did it all for his elect servant. Amen? Amen. All right. Did we see Jesus yet in Deuteronomy tonight? Did you see him? Do you see God's grace? Do you see the love of God? The care of God? The long-suffering of God manifested through Jesus the Christ. Amen? Okay, more next time. God bless.